Hey, what's up, everyone? Thanks for listening. Welcome to the podcast. If you're new and you're joining us for the first time, um, please take a second to subscribe. And um, one of the things I've been asking is people to share on Instagram the um, uh, like a snapshot of the page that you're listening to and put it on your Instagram story. That's made a huge difference for us. But if you're listening for the first time, welcome. Thanks for joining us. You know, I was studying um, a, while ab- a while back on different religions and reading about different cults and things. And there was a gentleman who came to speak at um, River University here uh, and talked about um, some of the more common and, and more, uh, <clears throat> more popular cults. And he talked about um, some of the early beginnings. So there's a guy named Joseph Smith who uh, started Mormonism. Uh, back in the 1800s and uh, carried this group of people out of here. And like, I won't go into full detail, but um, it was interesting to me because here you have people who have come from a Christian church. He, he basically said he had uh, a vision and Jesus appeared to him and said uh, to start the new church. There were these golden plates that were revealed and he came up with all this revelation and he got this group of people who followed him. He was a con man. He went to jail for different things. He, if you do any research into his life, you can see he wasn't, he didn't represent Jesus very well. But um, there came a point where his doctrine started to change. And a lot of times with cult leaders, one of the things you'll see is, is sexual perversion come into play. So you look, you see it in the life of uh, Muhammad, um, who's, uh, you know, had wives and, uh, multiple, multiple wives and, you know, nine-year-old wives and just craziness, right? So, um, uh, but you see this perversion come in, but at some point he started saying that the Lord appeared to him, Joseph Smith did, and started saying the Lord appeared to him and would tell him that he's supposed to take this person as a wife. So he would go to the father of the 14-year-old girl and say, hey, just between you and me, the Lord told me, your daughter's supposed to be my wife, my seventh wife, right? And then even wives of other people. And, and man, it got me thinking, like, how could people be so um, dense, so gullible, so whatever, um, because of that? And it really makes you question a little bit, like, uh, people's place of authority in your life. I'm starting backwards, and I'm going to move forward in this. Um, uh, But God has set um, spiritual authority up um, in a certain order to actually be for our help. I think a lot of times there's naive people who want to serve God, um, but they don't have a relationship with the word of God. And so if there is a leadership or someone in authority who's looking to manipulate them, uh, they'll go along with that. And I really believe that's where people kind of came into these issues is like they want to serve God. They believe in this Mormon church. Um, and it happened with Mormons, not the only one. It happened with many different cults and things that happened. And you see this stuff coming in, uh, coming into play pretty quickly on in the beginnings of different world religions. Um, but this, uh, where a leadership is just, um, abusing the people and they're, they're sticking with it out of faithfulness to God. So we're going to talk today. We're going to call this one. I don't agree with that. We're going to call that, call it. I don't agree with that. We're going to talk about spiritual authority and the, and the place of spiritual authority in our life. People, um, not us having spiritual authority over the devil. That's a different subject, but, but talk about how God gives us spiritual authority for our safekeeping. The Bible says in Philippians 3, chapter 1, it says, Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things to you, to me indeed, is not grievous, but for you it is safe. Here Paul is is rehashing things that he talked about commonly and probably in previous letters had written similar things. And he says he says something. He says, it's it's 
it, for me, it's not, it doesn't bother me to tell you the same things time and time again, because it's actually for your safekeeping. God has given you spiritual authority to your safe, for your safekeeping. You know, spiritual authority is actually something that God looks at when he goes to promote people. There's no one on planet earth who shouldn't have someone over them, a leader that they are accountable, ultimately accountable to. You know, you look at someone even like Apostle Paul, who is a leader in the church, but he went and submitted himself to to Peter to show them what um, the revelation the Lord had given him. He said, lest I have run in vain. There will never be a time where you don't have someone over you who's, who's, who has a right to speak into your life. But the reality is there is for, for many of you, you're at a place where that's done by choice. You know, growing up, you have parents, you live in their home. So many of you heard the statement, as long as you're under my roof, you're going to blank, whatever. And so it's, hey, I had to submit to authority. I, I wanted to have a house to live in, so I had to take out the trash. I had to listen to my mom. I had to do what they said. But God sets it up. There comes a point where you graduate, you leave home. Um, your mom's not forcing you to go to church where, where authority and, and having someone, a leader over you is actually your choice. You don't have to do it. You, you do have to do it if you, if you want to have a relationship with the Lord, but you don't have to do it. And so God sets this up as something that he gives us as safekeeping for our walk with God. You know, uh, the devil fell because of pride. The Bible says pride comes before a fall. So the thing that I always see when I look at someone's life and they're not willing to submit to authority is it's a thing of pride. They think that there's no one that can speak in their life. We dealt with someone here at the church who was just being a troublemaker and, you know, he's in his, he's in his fifties, congenital, uh, um, heart failure, uh, like stuff going wrong, needed food and, He's like, he starts saying, the Lord's given me such revelation. He starts giving all these things. And this dude's life is like in bad shape, right? Mom won't even let him in the house. Um, craziness, right? Uh, got kicked out of other churches. Just crazy stuff, right? And he, and he says this thing. He says, you know, the Lord has been giving me revelation. And he says it to me and another pastor. <laughs> and he says, uh, um, you're probably like first graders in comparison with me. And the moment that happened, the guy reveals himself that he's in pride and he wasn't able to listen to authority. And it's like, we, we would try to say something to like bring reason and he wouldn't even listen. He would talk right past us. And he revealed himself at that moment in, in man, I'm, I'm, I've got so much revelation from the Lord that, I, uh, that you guys are like first graders in comparison with me. And it shows this, this place of like spiritual pride to say, there's no one that can speak into my life. But God sets up... God sets up um, things for your safe for your safekeeping. God sets up uh, spiritual authority for your safekeeping. The Bible says in James one twenty one, it says, "Wherefore lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save your souls." The word uh, engrafted is kind of an interesting one. Engrafted means it's not natural to you. So we're born again and we become children of God, but the word of God can even sometimes offend our minds, right? Like the Bible says, he who is servant of all will be the greatest. And sure, we like the idea of that, but what does that practically look like? That means the one who's serving other people in whatever way they can, cleaning the bathrooms. This is the, the person who have the servant's heart is, is greater than everybody else, right? So those things can be offensive. 
hey, the where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Show me your checkbook. Show me your bank account. I'll tell you what you actually love. I'll tell you what you love more than Jesus, right? Things that offend our mind. And so it's an engrafted word. It's something that's that's like a tree. You can engraft a certain fruit onto a different fruit tree, and it'll grow a limb of a different fruit. It's engrafted. It's not natural to the tree. And so for us, the word of God can sometimes be not natural. Authority can be not natural. We want to be the person who's like, man, I want to, I want to be validated. I want to be, a, I want to be, I want people to see that I'm spiritually mature. I'm spiritually grown up. Well, all right. You want people to see that? Be under authority. Be willing to receive correction. The moment you can't receive correction, you're, you're in a dangerous place. Because if you, God looks at that and says, if in the same way, if you can't love your brother who you do see, how can you say you love God? If you can't be submitted to your leader who's in front of you, then how can you be submitted to God? So the proper order of leadership that God has set up, number one, is to be submitted to the word, submitted to the word of God. You know that Jesus is the head of the body, and so we're submitted to him. How are we submitted to him? By the leading of the Holy Ghost and by the word of God. That's really where people can get off and where you, if you look at a cult, you can say, man, this was the issue is they didn't have, you can look in the Bible and see that God, first of all, says he would never add to the revelation. So if you're getting additional revelation from golden plates, we're like, hey, you're going against the Bible. So how can you say it's God's thing, but it's going against what the Bible says, right? Um, and, And you would see that also, marrying someone who's already married is goes against the Bible as well. So having a, uh, a submitted, uh, being submitted to the word of God, how does, what does that look like? Being submitted to the word of God is giving priority to the word of God, giving priority. You know, on this podcast, if we're going to give, if I'm going to give advice, it's going to be a lot of the same stuff. And my whole ministry is going to be a lot of the same stuff. When I speak to young people, I speak a lot about holiness I speak a lot about being on fire for the Lord, and I speak a lot about discipline because it's what people lack. People think they can wake up, not read the Bible, not pray, not spend time with the Lord, and have a relationship with God. You've you've lost your mind if you think that. Like that's like, oh, I want to get I want to get ahead. I want to I want to get in shape, but you're not going to be willing to go to the gym. You're like, I've just you know, the Lord knows my heart. You know, you, you need to be in the gym if you want to get in shape. You know, the, 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 the competition knows my heart. No, uh-uh. Your heart is known by your actions. But being dedicated to the Word of God, someone who wakes up and submits themselves, what is the Word telling you to do? What is the Lord telling you to do? Are the, is the Lord telling you to go forgive somebody? Go tell them you're sorry. Is the, word telling, is the Lord telling you to swallow your pride and call your mom? And, and say you're sorry. Yeah, well, it's her fault. No, but if she's willing, listen, she, if she's willing to have a relationship with you and you're the one who's holding, you're walking in unforgiveness. The Bible says, how can God forgive you if you can't forgive others? You know, with my wife, um, there was stuff in her family from, from before, like, and she's told her testimony here before, but uh, like unforgiveness, people have told lies about her mom or whatever. But if, if I would have come and met Krista and Krista's mom is looking to have a relationship with her, but Krista's the one who's holding a fence, I could not have married her. Because that's that was that's something that'll stop the flow of the river of God. You can't be an effective minister and have unforgiveness in your heart. You can't hear the voice of God. It's like this. The Lord will give you one direction and you're like, okay, uh, I don't really like that. Lord, what else do you have to say to me? And he's like, I'm not saying anything else until you deal with this first thing. When I was ministering a couple months back, the Lord showed me by a word of knowledge that there was someone who needed prayer. I called a prayer line for healing. And someone had, uh, someone had, um, what was the first one? Migraine headache. 
And I knew it by the Holy Ghost that there was someone who had a migraine, problems with migraine headaches. And I stood up there and I was like, man, what if I say this and what if I'm wrong? But I'm like, well, the Lord's not going to tell me anything else if I don't say this one. I don't get to choose. So I'm like, who is it that deals with migraine headaches? And the one that is like, here, my daughter's standing next to me. She does. So I went and I prayed for her. And then the Lord showed me there was someone who had problems with their hands, like motion, movement in their hands, pain in their hands. And so I was like, ah, uh, and I was like, what if, and your head is like, what if this? And I'm like, well, the Lord's not going to tell me anything else until I act on this. And so the Lord gave me like six things in a row, showed me someone's neck, someone's, um, someone's retinas, different things. But as the moment I was like, not ready, if I was not going to act on it, the Lord wasn't going to tell me anything else. So many people are like, I want to hear the voice of God. And he's like, he's been telling you to forgive your mom for six months. Of course, you're not going to hear the voice of God. You're not willing to obey the voice of God on the first thing that he told you. So submission to the word of God, first of all, and then submission and the submission to the voice of God. And then after that, it's submission to the authority God's placed in front of you. You know, it's about being accountable. It's about church attendance. Listen, you don't have to be a Christian. You don't have to go to church to be a Christian. There are many places all over the world where people, there are no churches, right? But it's very telling of you that if you can't find and submit yourself to a pastor somewhere, leadership somewhere, someone who can speak into your life, someone that you can go to and say, listen, I want to make heaven and I want to have spiritual authority. I want to have someone that I'm accountable to. If you're the person who's church one weekend a month, you're not submitted to a local pastor. God, the Bible actually says God has given them for your safekeeping. They're there to help you. They are gifts to the body of Christ. You're, you're not allowing the gift of God. Now, sure, there's some people who live in an area where there's not a great church. You know, I honestly believe that if you'll submit yourself and be at the right place, the Lord will provide everything else. Oh, we moved to this city because there's a good job and there's no real churches. Man, you, you're putting financial things before your spiritual life. Move to a place where there is a good church, where you're getting spiritually fed, where you can be somewhere that you're a part of something bigger. God will provide for you. That's a fact. The Bible says those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of, our, of, of their God. People who flourish are people who are plugged into the word of God, faithful people, people who serve God with all their hearts. So church attendance, yes, it actually makes a difference. People, man, I don't go to church, because but the Lord sees my heart. I have, I watch, I watch, I listen to the Bible at home. That's good to listen to the Bible at home, but it's also good to find a good church. Be a part of a church. There's, there's m- members of the river who are online members and, that, and they wake up and they get dressed and they go sit at their computer and they watch church and they're part of this church, right? Not an ideal situation, but if you're living in Cairo, Egypt, there's probably gonna, you're probably going to have a tough time finding a good Pentecostal church. You know, Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there's plenty of them. Who knows? But being submitted. You know, there was a time with my, my mom, God gives you parents. And so this is the pattern. God starts you off with parents, parents who can speak into your life, parents who can correct you, parents who you need to be submitted to. But I see people who once they move out, they don't choose to be under authority. They may say something, but they don't choose by their actions. I had a guy that I, I had a guy who was, um, he asked me to mentor him. He said, man, I want to get close to the Lord. And I said, okay, cool. So we're going to start tomorrow read the word. He's like, yeah, I read the word every once in a while when I feel like I need it. I'm like, all right, so we're starting with 15 minutes a day. Tomorrow, reading the Bible, 15 minutes. He said, okay, we'll do it. I'm like, all right, so you're going to tell me what you read. He said, okay. I said, 15 minutes. I said, okay. So I I text him 11 o'clock. What did you read today? He's like, no, man, I didn't read the Bible today. I'm like, bro, what do we, he's like, "I, I, I wanted to go to Old Navy. So here we have a person who wants to be close to God, wakes up, and all, all I've said is spiritual authority is, hey, 
15 minutes of the Bible. This isn't tough. If people spend 15 minutes in the bathroom, like 15 minutes of the, of the Bible, like do it while you're in the bathroom. I don't care as long as you're reading the Bible, right? And he's like, no, I, mean, I choose Old Navy over the things of God. And people want to act like, oh, you know, God's merciful, God's gracious. But God, God gives you things for safekeeping. God has given the gospel of Jesus Christ as the rope to our, to our life, to the saving of our souls. But we have to uh, agree with that. And so being submitted to the word of God, having someone over you, your future will thank you. You know what? This is, this is really what it comes down to is God sees your future and there's a safekeeping for you. It's like a parent. Kids want to eat candy. But what it wouldn't, someone wouldn't be a good parent to let their kids eat as, the can, as much candy as they want because when they're six years old, their teeth will have fallen out, right? They're not helping the child by doing that. And so spiritual authority, they can sometimes have difficult things to say. Hey, you need, to, you need to leave this relationship alone. Listen, I know that person, I know you, and I know this is not going to be a good thing. And that's when the rubber hits, meets the road. Am I really submitted? If they're asking you to do something that's sin, like with, like with the Mormons, like, here, let your 14-year-old daughter come and be the wife of this person. We can use our common sense and say, this doesn't line up with the word of God. But if they're asking you to do something that's difficult, being submitted is always the safest thing. God will honor you for doing something because you did it as far in, in the name of being submitted to him and saying, God, this is maybe an area where I think this relationship is awesome, but my youth pastor thinks it's not a good thing. And I trust his, ju- I trust his judgment. I'm, I'm, and I'm, I'm letting his leadership be something that shows that I'm submitted to you. I love you. I want you guys in heaven. I want you guys prospering. I want you doing well. Bless you. Have an awesome week. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening.